By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, Papercut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to Paper Cup Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Sheena Ratai. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. Um, I Yes, I'm Sheena. I am a musician and human trying to get through life. <laughs> I sing with uh, Red Moon Road and have for the last eight years or so. Um, that's kind of the main gig. Yeah. But I've been doing a whole bunch of things over the la- like this over the last several years that I've been active in the Winnipeg music scene, played with a bunch of really great people, spent a couple years in the classical program at the University of Manitoba, and then switched over to the jazz program, and um, played in a bunch of different configurations. But uh, yeah, Red Moon Road's been the main gig for the last like eight years or so. Hmm. Let's, uh, sorry. No, go oh, ahead. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go to the beginning. Um, yeah. What was, why did you switch from classical to jazz? Yeah, so I grew up in a really musical family. Like my, I was singing from, actually I grew up like primarily singing in church. My um, my mom was the music director of all the churches that we went to. Classic. Yeah. That's classic. where you start. That's where you start. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> my dad was a pastor. I was a PK, pastor's kid. And my mom was the music director. And so... But yeah, she, you know, also came from a very musical family, had taken piano lessons and singing lessons her whole life, and then kind of passed that on to myself and my younger sister, my younger brother. So I was in piano lessons real young, not singing lessons because she kind of just would like teach us how to sing. But at a young age, she would gather my sister and I around the piano and uh, teach us how to sing harmony, pick out the third and the fifth. And like, we would sing these worship songs or uh hymns that she would like she would gospelify she loved gospel music and so she would like by ear kind of just play these like big fat gospel chords around all these hymns so that's kind of how I started singing and then uh when I like after high school I knew that I wanted to I wanted to do like do music quote unquote but I didn't know how to like do that outside of like you know school musicals and the church so I was like okay I'll go to university but I in my mind it was like okay if I was you know dancers the the foundation is like ballet you learn ballet like proper techniques so I was like I will take opera and I'll really learn how to sing and really learn how to use my voice so I did that and I loved it it was such an education it taught me so much about like the voice as a mechanism and um it was yeah really really fascinating but I remember one time um, being in the library at the University of Manitoba and my cousin, second cousin, Erin Prop, who's also a singer in the city and she's great. Um, she was in the jazz program and she was sitting at a, t- at, the, at a table in the library writing out a chart. And I was like, oh, that, yeah. And I kind of, t- I sat down and I was like, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm just like writing this chart out for my band. And I was like, well, okay, that's more, that's what I want to do more so. Like I wanted to learn how to actually have the confidence to like stand up in front of a band and count them in or kind of literally be a band leader. And uh, so as much as I loved like singing opera and like all the things, I was, <laughs> I was like, what do I want my future to be? So then I just kind of switched over. I, I called, I went to the office and I was like, how do I do this? And so I auditioned for Annalisa and then switched over and spent two years in the jazz program and then... Peace out. Peace out. Done. Yeah. Did you have to yeah. apply for the opera program? Yeah. And, and a whole audition process and everything. And like, how does that audition process So, go? like, American Idol? 
<laughs> yeah, well, like, yeah, like, you have the judges. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So it was in Eva Claire Hall. And I spent about a year prior taking private lessons to like prepare for that kind of lesson because I'd never sung classically before. Like I could have been singing my whole life um, and in various choirs and stuff, but not in that context. So I took a year of lessons with this, oh my God, this beautiful little old lady whose name was Phyllis. And uh, she lived in this big old house in River Heights. And she was so, so, so sweet and really lovely and, and would like, was pretty old already. And she would, but she still wanted to be so fancy. So I'd open the door and she'd <laughs> always have red lipstick on. And behind her glasses, she always had fake lashes that were kind of like half off, <laughs> kind of like sticking <laughs> off a little bit. But she looked great. <laughs> <laughs> and she was such a character, yeah. So I studied with her for like a year. And, then and how'd you find Phyllis? Through my a friend, one of my best friends from high school, who'd been taking singing lessons her whole life. Whoa. And she'd been studying with uh, Phyllis, yeah. I was hoping it would be like a Craigslist. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, yeah. But she was great. She was actually like a reputable... Like she, she was a re- lots of people took voice lessons with her over the years. And her husband was a classical musician. I forget what he played or if he played with a symphony. But anyways, yeah, they were... It was, yeah, and so then she prepared me for this audition, and then I, like, I showed up to Ava Claire Hall and Mel Braun and a bunch of other um, professors at the, in the classical program were all sitting there, and I sang some songs, and, and then they let me in. And then they vote you right there, you know, <laughs> yeah. they give you the thumbs They're up like, and the thumbs yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> They're hitting a big X buzzer. Like, somehow all in character, there's like Apollo Abdul. Totally. Yeah, Randy Jackson. Like, dog, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> yeah, dog no, is the dog. word. He made that happen quick. Yeah. Like, brought that into like mainstream, like, well, I mean, like, okay, white better. people. I just mean white people. Started saying dog after Randy Jackson dog. so quick because yeah. it just like millions and millions of people are watching like Kelly Clarkson win totally. this thing and totally. then like dog just like everybody like, in elementary yeah, dog, school Kelly's keeps amazing. saying dog yeah it's like oh my gosh this is horrible, this is horrible. <laughs> so you peace out uh, yeah. what was the next step after that uh, I read Moon Road it was um, like when I left the easy peasy just yeah, like easy that. peasy oh, I am done yeah. <laughs> just walked well, out and they're like did you just graduate <laughs> no uh, uh, great. exactly I decided I graduate just wrote it on myself on a piece of paper um, <laughs> make my own diploma uh, well the reason I left the class the jazz program wasn't because I was like that's it I've learned all I can learn I know it all I don't need this anymore Absolutely not. It was just kind of like, I started in university at like, I was already 23 or 4 or something, which isn't like, oh, it's so old. But at that point, I'd spent three years in the actual, like, studying music. And because I'd switched, I would have needed another two to finish the degree. And I was gigging like crazy in various, like, a lot of it was cover bands and stuff. But um, then I, like, right around that time, I joined, like, started singing with Red Moon Road, and they wanted to kind of go on, we were, like, talking about going on tour and stuff, and I, and in my head, I was kind of like, you know what, the, I wanted to accomplish, I wanted two things to, like, or two or three things that I wanted to accomplish out of going to university. It was number one, to, like, kind of kick me in the pants to actually do the thing and not be afraid to get up on stage, because I really didn't want to be like, I'm a singer, and I stand up in front of this microphone and sing songs. You know, I wanted to, like feel like I was what like I was a musician like I could actually do the thing and know what I was doing so I wanted it to kick me in the past to force me to do it and learn the things I needed to learn I wanted it to connect me with the community and 
and then there's one other thing that I forget now. <laughs> well, it's like, like writing and arranging too. Yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, exactly, right. totally. So I kind of felt at that point I was like, I have tons to learn, but I feel like I can learn it actually just doing the thing in life. And I wanted like, in, at the time I was like. I'm a woman in the music industry. I need youth on my side. <laughs> and so I was like, I'd rather just go and do the thing. And I can always come back to school if I need to come back to school. Right. So, yeah. So I kind of, I just uh, left. And um, then, and right like that summer, Red Moon Road recorded our first album. And then we hit the road in, was it the, I think in February. Yeah. We we did our first tour and then that was kind of it like then we started we released an album and just started touring super hard so that was life then yeah wow so had had red moon road released music before you had joined there was an ep that actually because like in the in the the very 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 uh religion original uh, (laughs) (laughs) um original sort of um arrangement of Red Moon, Red Moon Road was actually my second cousin Aaron Prop was singing oh. with Red Moon Road yeah and there was and they were like so they had a little EP that they'd release and there was like a fiddle player and a bass player and like a whole big and keys like it was a whole different band than what it has what it evolved into by the time I kind of started we by the time we released that first album and went on our first tour because what happened was we did that tour in February, but it was a home roots tour and you can't just take a whole big band to home roots because you're being put up in people's homes. So it was, they were like maximum three people can be on this tour. Cause otherwise it's just too much for all these hosts. Sorry, to handle. home roots. Can you explain that? Yeah. So yeah. home roots concert series is such a great organization. And they, so they have the home roots, which is, has national, like all over the country has a bunch of different, uh, concert roots and essentially it's um, Mitch Podolik who recently passed um, founded this with, with Leonard and uh, it's like they set up ultimately you can apply to be a host and you can apply to be like a touring musician and then what they've done is they set up all over the country they've set up these um, house concert like little tours and they're always about two weeks um, so they're and they're all over the country so we did one in North. There's one in Northern BC. There's one in Southern BC. There's one on the East Coast. There's one in the Yukon even now, through the prairies in Alberta, Manitoba. Like they're in Ontario. They're all over. Wow. And then in the last few years, was it the last seven years or something? Maybe closer to ten. They also have a Chemi Chenu, which is like a French offshoot. And um, and then they even were doing one with a classical. Uh, artists what they were working with Mel Braun and I'm not sure what that one is if they're still doing that but it's a really really cool thing so you ultimately like uh, if you apply to be a host you commit to hosting it was like six throughout the year from September to like kind of throughout like the school year and uh, so it ends up being about once a month that you have you host a concert in your home and uh, people get their friends their co-workers all like it's really really great and oftentimes we end up in rural communities that don't have as much access to like live music you know like musicians will always come to the city and play through the, like plays are passing through but this is a really great opportunity to like bring smaller communities together and and it's a it's a really often a really beautiful event and uh that's what our very first tour was and it's so so useful because it helps to really set up um sort of like touring infrastructure a little bit across the country like so that very very first tour 
We made so many great friends. That was in Northern BC. We made great friends who we've stayed in touch with and returned to countless times over the years, either just to stay, like we had either just to stay there and while we pass through or to play another show there. So it's really special because it's meant that we have like kind of little homes littered across Canada. So that was our very first tour. And it's basically the people you show up, you at like, you know, somewhere in the afternoon, anywhere between like four and six, they, you set up at their home, they feed you, they, you do the concert, you stay at their house, they give you breakfast and then they send you on your way to the next house. Yeah. And so, um, it's, it can be a little bit, it's like the, the schedule, it is a little bit grueling. And plus like when you're staying in people's homes, it's so lovely cause you're getting home cooked meals and you're not just in some sterile hotel, but it does mean that you're kind of like on all the time. Wow. So it was like, yeah. So we were touring in a 1990 Volvo station wagon, um, affectionately called the aluminum Falcon. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that we shorten to the Falcon. Like, sometimes we'll be like, are we taking the Falcon to the gig? Or and people that over here are like, what? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's really, really great. Yeah, like, it, it can be very emotionally exhausting just to kind of be on with people all the time. But they were really... We've done four of those tours now. And they've been four. so, so good to wow. us. Yeah. Okay. So that the that iteration of the band was the... Th- yeah, the myself and the two Daniels. Right. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after that, after your first tour, you, that was yeah. when you recorded the first full. full we life? recorded that album in. That was in February. We did that tour. We did. We recorded the album in like the the the, the summer prior. Okay. And then kind of like set stuff up, blah, blah blah, and then we released that album in March when we got back. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And then just kind of kept touring and stuff. You and the recorded the album was recorded with. The three people that toured. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and like we would bring in other players. Like albums are always well for us, anyways. Albums are different than what our live show is because that's after we figured figured out that it was like this is this works with the three of us. It wasn't like we had to like fire the other members. Like all of them were super active musicians in a bunch of different things. It was just kind of we were like, hey buddies, like this really this works really well. Just the three of us. We'll call you when we need you. <laughs> and so we did like for studio work and stuff. Um, but otherwise our show from that point on has always been the three of us. And we figured it out. Like at the beginning, I wasn't playing percussion now, especially with this new stuff, like we're kind of moving to, we've had, we've released three albums, two full lengths and one EP. And this now we're kind of moving, we're building another album now. Um, but over the years, it's kind of all evolved so that the, the, the configuration of the band now is that Daniel Jordan plays a guitar and that he's got rigged up to also kind of the lowest two strings are have an extra pickup and they run through a separate output so that he essentially plays bass and guitar at the same time. Whoa. And then he plays a bass drum and then I play a uh, snare and now we've added hats and a crash or like a, like a cymbal so that I can like kind of play the rest of the kit a little bit. And then the other Daniel plays lap steel, banjo, um, mandolin, and now synths and keys <laughs> so it's a whole but like wouldn't it be easier if you just got the band back together like, <laughs> going through if we just got the band back together if you just like let Daniel play one instrument wouldn't it just be a lot easier <laughs> totally. rigged it it's up his... so that you can play yeah. three instruments now yeah so like we all Actually, do yeah. six things each yeah and yeah. it's so much easier with just the three of us <laughs> really though Shana? yeah no it yeah. is not it is not easier but it does make for it's kind a, of like a visually much more impressive yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does make for a, a like a like um just an interesting kind of presentation for a visually kind of engaging show as well. Um, 
And Daniel Pelican Hoffner loves to play all those things. Like he picks up all those instruments on his own and just like is that's just kind of who he is. It's maddening how talented he is. Um, but yeah, so it, it kind of just means that we don't have to like, yeah, we don't have to hire out and we get to kind of be creative when we like distill mm-hmm. to distill mm-hmm. down from what we want the album to be like. That's kind of a fun challenge. So inevitably it's a little bit different than what you what you're hearing on the album, but I think that's kind of part of the part of the whole thing, like part of the charm of it. You get to like hear the album version and then watch us attempt to play it live. <laughs> right. Which is really cool. I want to go back to when you were saying sure, the, the yeah. presentation. Yeah. You, your live shows the, a lot of energy. You're an outgoing person, obviously. Yeah. Are the other Daniels naturally outgoing too? Like it's it's a really cool show to see. Yeah. yeah. Is Johnny Moonbeam Moon outgoing? outgoing? Yeah. yeah. I think he might be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's like a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, yeah, he's, uh, um, we all have like, you know, are pretty personable and outgoing and social and like really enjoy engaging with people. And I think that has been, that was a really, a really wonderful thing that I learned when we first started touring, especially that, that very, very first tour. It was kind of like, we all looked around and we were like, whoa, okay, we can all really trust each other to like engage well with people, to be gracious guests and to like, if one of us is tired, we can go and know that the other two can totally handle whatever social situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that kind of translates onto the stage that like our show has been over the years so much about personal engagement, about making people feel like they know us and they're hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's made for some pretty special and profound connections with our audiences over the years. And uh, for a lot of it, Daniel Jordan has been kind of the most, like the he the the played a bigger storytelling part on the in our live show he's made a study of like how to like just the banter the in, in between song banter which can make or break a show oh my god yeah. even if yeah. the music is fantastic when people are like so and um this next song is off this album like every single time like that not that that's a bad thing to say but when every single song is yeah thank you and this next song is like it just like it can kind of take away yeah, from... just, like, play the next song. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So he is has been... He's really made a study of that and does it very, very well. And he's, like... He used to listen to Vinyl Cafe, like, crazy. And, like, just sort of study the, the art form of storytelling. And he's very good at it. So um, that's been a kind of a big part of what we do as well. Like, for many years, half the show has been... Not half the show, but, like... We were talking about percentages, actually, literally last night... We were like, how much do we think is banter and how much should be banter as we move forward? And I think this, all these years, it has been like 60-40. Um, and people come away and they, they love that. And, and, and Daniel Pelican Hoffner, also an excellent storyteller and does a lot of like talking about, he grew up he, like as a farm, a farm boy driving the tractor with his dad and living in St. Rose du Lac and how like, it just talks a lot about his connection to land and his family and his French heritage and kind of all those, those worlds coming together and people really connect with that. And, um, so what's that, your story that people connect with? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> um, do you have the opportunity to share those things? Yeah. Uh, I would say that like, it wasn't hasn't been so much about that over the la over, like in the last couple of projects like albums and things, but what's unique is that this one because like Red Moon Road has been like so we we're like a folk band we have been for since the beginning that we get it lumped into folk roots. The last album I would say is a little bit less so, but now this project 
this next album even less so like we're playing synths and whatever right yeah but so the material has been a lot of like about our you know grandparents and life and the land and history and kind of that has been sort of the theme and the narrative a little bit of the last Mm -hmm. albums that we've released Mm -hmm. before and but no, no. Dun, 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 dun. spicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little spice folk. Yeah. Yeah. Spice folk. Oh god, you can take it. I might have to steal that <laughs> spice folk. Yeah, <laughs> but so like my roots are yeah more like soul R and B gospel, and I have all like the joke that I've been making. So I've been kind of playing a lar- a bigger role in like we've all we all write music, and we all have written music our whole lives. Um, but this next project, we've been doing it a little bit differently because how we've done it before is that like we would kind of all have ideas or full songs that fleshed out and then we would like bring them to the band and we'd work it out. But this one is turning out to be far more collaborative. Like Daniel Jordan will have like a sort of he'll come up with a progression and DPH, Daniel Pelican Hoffner will start to play some pretty things <laughs> over it. And then I'll come up with a melody and then I take it home and I... Uh, write the lyrics or 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 I'll be like oh I have this idea and it's kind of like a partial idea fleshed out and then we writing it so it's a much more kind of collaborative um process this time around and then kind of it's just the way that it's worked out is like me I've I've been kind of writing most of the lyrics and like it's been kind of a little bit more of my own narrative which (laughs) the joke I've been making as we introduce some of these new songs and road test them as we introduce them on stage I'm like so you'll have noticed that our old material or like the the songs that we've come before or rather no this is how I say it my banter is terrible <laughs> you get to practice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah great great this is my this is, um, <laughs> no, no, no. This is practice right it's rehearsal. now rehearsal yeah I'll be I will say you'll notice that these new that some of this new material has a little less to do with our grandparents a little more to do with my feelings right yeah and uh so that definitely is kind of the overarching theme. I'm, my, if you're asking, okay, what is minor? What is Sheena's story? I think I'm still figuring out exactly what that is going to sound like on stage in the kind of, yeah, in the talking to the audience part. Because I feel like a lot of the songs just kind of, you know, speak for themselves. Some of them are me singing about heartbreak. Some of them are me raging about, you know, t- terrible people who abuse power and don't listen and whatever. So it's just kind of figuring out or like processing things, you know, facing the, my own difficult things and processing trauma or whatever. So I'm still figuring out how to say that on stage (laughs) without making the audience feel like they're my therapists. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like I, uh, your songs, like uh, they're the new song in particular, like that is a big song. Yeah. That's a huge song. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. And it's like a super emotional song too. I'm getting emotional yeah. talking to you about okay, it. But it's just great. Yeah. so big and yeah. so open. Like you're sharing something that's huge. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You don't cool. have to say anything else. Yeah. You can just be like Shania Twain. Let's go boys. <laughs> and then they just can start it. Like what else do you have to say? Totally. And it's incredible. Yeah. And your Thanks look so is much. like. Yeah. So, so much different. Totally. Yeah. So I think that kind of we're pretty much more or less. And, and a little bit like that's. That's just like we're all very ready for this for like a new phase and a bit of a new not like a rebranding but like a little bit we're kind of really ready for to be not that we don't like what came before and like being sort of woodsy folksy red moon road but it's just not we're 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 growing and changing and evolving and i and i like that we can 
we're all aligned in that together and like mm-hmm. and, and all hungry for kind of a new direction mm-hmm. some new like new things musically and aesthetically so it's important to me as we move forward and as I kind of take more of a position in the like leadership in the front of the band to like okay we're going to be a cohesive yeah sparkly like not literally sparkly but like shiny kind of sparkly kind of sparkly sparkles in there yeah that non-such <laughs> video or the video that we filmed with the non-such brewing company because i that's one of the things that i do once a week whenever we're in town i, I work at the non-such brewing company because it's just awesome and i love the beer and the people are amazing and they're doing such great things with their all of everything but whatever so i'm like walking around in the room I'm like god it's gorgeous in here we need to do a photo shoot in here so then we did a photo shoot in there and then i was like God, it's so great in here. We need to do a video. We need to film a video in here. And we were we paired up with um, Synonym Art Consultation to make that video happen. And I said to Chloe and Andrew, I was like, okay, enjoy. I was like, I want it, to, I need it, to, I want it to be like a glamour jungle. Yeah. And then they made it happen. And yeah, it they did like, make it happen. Yeah. That is a glamour yeah. jungle. Yeah. And when I saw that video, that was not what I was expecting to no. happen yeah. or come out. Like those, yeah. that outfits and the sound and everything. <laughs> I was like, this is just not what I thought this was. Totally. Like, yeah. It was it's huge. Yeah. Thanks. And your voice in those songs too. I'm incredible. I was just listening. My coworker and I are yeah. in, both in the Winnipeg arts and music scene, yeah. but on the exact opposite end yeah, okay. of it. So yeah. Yeah, when I like exactly. put that on, I put it on just a couple of days ago and she turned around and she's like, what was that run? Who is this? And I was like, you're on the screen. She's like, I honestly thought it was Beyonce. And I was like, oh I've never heard this song, God. but there's that one like yeah. part that's just like, yeah. whoa, yeah. like, and she and she was laughing. She's like, that's not Beyonce at all. I was like, no, not even close. And oh. they're from Winnipeg. And she was like, this is incredible. I cool. had no idea this existed, oh, which yeah. is so great. Awesome. But like, it is just a whole different cool. direction. That's so awesome yeah. that they're clicking into like totally. that support that you needed. Totally. Yeah. And I kind of like that as this voice comes forward and as like, I'm sort of, yeah, a little bit raging about some things. I have these two men like sort of flanking me that are like super supportive and mm-hmm. empowering like of this of this voice and this narrative and so that feels like a kind of a cool dynamic. It, it is really cool cuz also if you like look at it visually they're sort of like head down and you're like chest out like yeah. they're really <laughs> supporting you. in the one outfit. <laughs> yeah. Well that's not what yeah. I meant but yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Really Heart supporting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. So incredible. Thanks. I'm yeah. happy that you have that and Thanks, that we yeah. have that. We get to experience yeah. that with oh, you. Thank, thank you. you so much. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for that gift. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one more question before sure, we wrap up. Ways, yeah. You had mentioned that you were doing a lot of covers when you first mm-hmm. started out. What's yeah. your favorite cover? Oh, God, that's a great question. It doesn't even need to be one you still play. It was just yeah, maybe yeah, even sure, one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um... Okay, I'll give. Can I give two answers? Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> no, it's gonna be one. Yeah. Um, this is our show. The, <laughs> you play by our rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was in the jazz program, a standard that I love to cover, which isn't like a, it's not a typical standard, like a jazz standard, like Bye Bye Blackbird or something, but I really, really loved to sing Wild as the Wind. Nina Simone does an incredible, mm. incredible version of that, and uh, I loved singing that one because it's all like you know, heartfelt and like, whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All the things that Sheena wants, like when she's like get to emote all over it. Yeah. Uh, And then I would say the other, other covers that I really love to do are like, I can't think of one exact, like one in particular, but anything kind of like 
like Bill Withersy or oh we've done a couple oh, okay I know I know I have the answer <laughs> uh, Feel Like Making Love which is a Roberta Flack song mm-hmm. that D'Angelo does such a great version of and I used to sing that with uh, there was like back in the day before Red Moon Road when I was still in university and I was like gigging in all kinds of cover bands we had like the Sheena band which was myself Curtis Noasad, Carl Kohut, Aaron Shore on guitar, Will Bonas on keys, Niall Bagasad Lagari on sax, and Simon Christie on trumpet. And Whoa, it was so <laughs> it was so great. And we would do all kinds of really, really great tunes, but Feel Like Making Love was always my favorite. We would do the D'Angelo version and it just like grooves so hard and it's so sexy. I loved shutting the di- shutting shutting the night down with that one. It's been like all right, folks, go home and do your thing. <laughs> Think of me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sheena. We really oh, appreciate you stopping me. by. It's a pleasure. And thank, thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep with us on Paper Cup Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.